Dive into the world of dance at the Victorian College of the Arts. Their program offers a unique blend of artistry, performance, and choreographic practice within an inclusive environment. As an undergraduate student, you explore contemporary dance, physical theatre, ballet, urban dance, and more in a collaborative studio lab setting. At honors level, specialize in performance skills, choreographic practice, or dance research. Plus, benefit from the proximity of local choreographers and companies, including Philip Adams, Stephanie Lay Company, Lucy Guerin, Chunky Move, and Dance House. Through professional placements, their students have the opportunity to develop pathways for their future careers through these relationships and networks. Consider a variety of bachelor, masters, and even doctorate programs available according to your needs. Join them and unleash your artistic potential at the Victorian College of the Arts. Learn more through the link in the descriptions below. Who is your community? Your support systems? Combine that with what is your greatest strength? Learning how to take advantage of your strengths, and then also identifying what you can constantly improve on. Hello and welcome to the Background Dancer. I'm your host Jason Yap. Thank you for joining me with our community of passionate dance contributors from around the world and across different fields. In this weekly podcast, I offer educational conversations and insightful tips to help you better understand all things off stage about this curious art form. Hello and welcome back to another solo edition here at the Background Dancer. I hope you've had a wonderful month of May so far, and that you've enjoyed the last two episodes featuring Dr. Philomar Tariel as well as Idel Quinn. Next week we'll have the final guest of this month, Vincent Young from Singapore, talking about somatic practices. Anyways. The month of May is also the month of Mother's Day, and I would like to take this opportunity to shout out to all mothers around the world because just a huge thank you for being who you are. My mother was my pillar of strength throughout my dance journey, and I owe all my gratitude towards her. And I'm pretty sure it's the same for a lot of you listening here as well. Now May has been also pretty great because the background dancer was featured on the HK Dance Magazine, the Hong Kong Dance Magazine. If you remembered, we had Melinda Gaskin. I think it was episode nine, chief editor of the Hong Kong Dance Magazine. Come on, and as part of this collaboration, our article has been featured over there as well. So I'll link that article in the show notes below. Do go and check it out after you have finished this episode. So the month of dance wellness has been quite interesting for me, and I really wanted to also contribute from my end. My own piece of self-help sharing, let's say, and as the title of this episode is, the goal here is to build an avatar. Now, when I mention avatar, I'm pretty sure the first thing that comes to mind is the blue, huge humanoid creatures in the James Cameron films, right? Yeah, wonderful film. I know incredible graphics. Or maybe you're thinking about the Last Airbender, the cute little monk who can bend air. 
that's also possible as an avatar. But what I'm actually referring to is much more of a practical approach to building and developing a career in dance through the means of consciously extending your sense of self. Yep. And I really borrow this concept from the business world. So I'm going to define avatar from the business perspective. An avatar very much is an icon or a figure representing a particular person. Now, in business application, an avatar is a representation of your ideal client or customer. So a business may have multiple avatars representing several target demographics, but ultimately, what we're trying to do here is to build your own avatar that's unique to you and your purpose, and as a result, bring value to many others who are involved with your creative process. So in the first segment, I'll be talking a little bit about identifying and realizing my own avatar, and then I'll follow that up by taking you on a journey. Yep, let's build our avatar together. And by the end of this episode, hopefully we'll have enough tools for you to come up with your own avatar. Yeah. So without further ado, Let's get right into it. Now, I will begin with a little story of mine that I like to call Better Late Than Never. And this very much refers to my entry point into the world of dance. I started dance at the late age of 16, I know. And of all the sectors, of all the communities that I've been engaged with, I still believe, oddly enough, that dance has been the one industry, the one community that I've felt most at home in. And this is not to say that the world of dance does not have its frustrations or shortcomings, but it's really through identifying my own avatar that I've been able to not only decide that this would become my vocation, but wanting to dedicate everything that I have to this industry as well. So, Early on, I guess I already had the makings of an avatar, you know, a figure of purpose that I wanted to strive towards or fight for every single day. When I wake up, I really ask myself that question, right? Like, what am I fighting for? Like, what's my purpose? So as you can tell, when I got into dance at the late age of 23, my first bachelor's of dance was when I was 23, imposter syndrome was huge and it took a while to curb because... I had to really trace back to all of my experiences and to understand my context, my competition before being able to breathe above water, let's say. So there were many comparisons that were unhealthy at the time for me, but what I had to realize was I was uniquely different from everyone else due to my experiences. And that's just common sense, I understand. But what I'm trying to get at is that I had an avatar, a blurry one, But I had an avatar that was brewing, that was ready to go, that was just needing awakening. And the next step was simple, is to find a way to awaken that avatar, to serve that avatar, and as a result, fortify my purpose in this industry, right? Once again, like going back to all your experiences, do not disregard anything. You may not have something that others have, but likewise, they will not have something that you have. And it's just really about understanding that, realizing and formulating your own process for you to succeed. I find this very, very important and useful 
when we always start with having an avatar and remembering to provide value for others apart from yourself, right? I know we get into dance quite often because of ourselves, and it's just really fun. That's how I go into dance myself. But it was only after I realized that there was something, there was something more beyond myself that I realized was incredibly life-changing for me, and then it made dance actually much easier to be part of. So let's take a little break, and when we come back, I will get straight into the practical tools of building your avatar. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. For this week's special shoutouts, we hear from Michelle Jewani. Who is a passionate freelance artist back in my home country of Malaysia, an Odyssey dancer, and the initiator of the KL Movement Dance Platform. And she said, "I listen to the podcast like that while sipping my tea. I think it is so great for artists to create podcasts and substantial conversations that are so entertaining, informative, and full of personality and humor, which makes it very easy to listen to." So Jason, keep doing it, and it's really a lovely thing you got there. Thank you so much, Michelle, and really appreciate it. And that's it for this week's special shoutouts. All right. So as I was saying, this segment will be dedicated towards building your own very personal avatar. And it will come in many shapes and sizes. Do not worry. But what I'll ultimately do is to provide the tools for you to go ahead and build your own version of an avatar. And it's very simple because all of this will involve a couple of questions that basically will act as navigators throughout this process. And there'll be four, four very simple, straight to the point questions that will help you design an imaginary, at least. Avatar. So I'll start with the first one, and that is, how did you discover dance? For me, there are two types of discoveries. One I would like to call the nascent discovery, and the other the game-changing discovery. So let's go through the first one. What is a nascent discovery? Something completely new. When you go back to the first ever class you ever took. The first performance you've ever witnessed, or the first dance show on TV that you watched, right? So it was the first encounter of you with this art form or any art form for that matter, and that's when things started to change. You finally know what this art form is, right? Not what it means, but what it is. So this brings me to the second type of discovery, and that is the game-changing one. So you've already accumulated enough experiences within this industry, within the art form, and through some means, there was a sudden epiphany, there was a lightning striking in the bottle, and you go, "Oh my gosh!" Like everything just blew up, and your whole perception and perspective of what this art form is and was completely changes at that very moment. And you had to adopt a whole new approach to dance itself. Now, this came for me when I was entering my final year at the academy. I was participating in a summer exchange program in a little setting outside Berlin called Ponderosa. It was a really nice dance community where you had to live and dance together with a bunch of people for one whole month, and literally that changed my life. Right for 
actually both good and bad weights. But it was a game-changing discovery because I knew what dance was, or I thought I knew what dance was. But then after that, I realized what dance was truly and what it could be. So it really extended my understanding, deepened my level of understanding, my interpretation of what this all could be. So what I'm trying to get at, though, is when you go back to your roots, the very, very seeds of your memory, it's the people that I'm referring to, that support group that you had at the very, very start. And it may not necessarily be your very first class, for example, that was Latin ballroom for me, but I'm not at all associated with the Latin ballroom community now. It's more like the ballet and the contemporary dance community, but they were your very first support groups. So remember that. How did you discover dance? The second question is, what is your greatest strength? So identify something that you're excellent at apart from performing. And really, be kind to yourself. Find something and identify excellence. Not just good, excellent. And you are definitely excellent at something, right? Trust me on this. Don't be shy about it. Because many people can dance at an elite level. You're not the only one, like there are just so many people who can do that. But honestly, it is the combination of all your other skills that are maybe the non-performative ones in most cases alongside your dance abilities that's going to set you out. And I'm saying this not to help you find a way to be special in a oversaturated crowd per se, but it's more about understanding what you're really good at so that you can utilize that to your advantage and help others. But it really starts with you. You have to identify what you are good at apart from dancing because as we all know by now, the industry is not just about performing. So let's then talk about the third question here. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer now. So bear with me, we're getting really close. The third question is, what is something you strongly and truly wish to improve on? Now, I say this because no one, and I really mean no one, is perfect, right? But this doesn't mean that you cannot have a perfectionist mindset or continuously strive for perfection. That's who I am. I'm a perfectionist. I'm obsessive in that perfectionist mindset. But I also understand that I will never be perfect. That's not going to stop me from pushing my limits or demanding the best of my own abilities, though. It's just a mindset thing, right? But I'm aware that there is no such thing as being perfect. However, I do embrace my shortcomings, and I encourage you to do so too. Learn how to enhance them, harness them. Because if you can't help yourself, it's going to be very hard to do so for others. Trust me, it's just common sense. So really have this growth mindset that Yes, you are not the finished article. In fact, you'll probably never be the finished article because if you're ambitious and hungry, there's always something to work towards too, and that is great. And when you find other people who have the same shortcomings, let's say, who have the same level of capacity to improve and to grow, then you're going to find a community. And that's going to get you even closer to designing and understanding your avatar. And this gets us to our very last question, What is a current personal struggle you're experiencing in relation to the industry? Now, this is very much, I think, the quintessential question here, right? Because it's a little bit different from the third question where 
yes, it is struggle, but more likely this is a struggle that's also shared by others. It's a much more holistic perspective of what a struggle is. So when you think about this in relation to the industry, I guarantee you, you're not the only one experiencing such a struggle. And the stories that come with it, those are the things that count. Those are the deal clinchers, I like to call them, right? These are the things that will put a pin on those journeys that we're talking about. And I ask this question, lastly, because at the very end, I want you to combine your answers from the first three questions. So who is your community, your support systems? Combine that with what is your greatest strength, learning how to take advantage of your strengths, and then also identifying what you can constantly improve on so that you're always growing and that you can also help others, inspire others to do the same just like you. And at the very end, you'll be able to find that industry find that community that you can help plug a hole if there is one to begin with. As I already asked four questions, actually, it all culminates in the very philosophical tenet of who are you dancing for and why are you dancing? It all ends with these two questions, right? They're very similar to each other, but ultimately, this is what we're talking about when I'm referring to the avatar. So as I promised, here is my avatar. His name is Jim, and he is a freelance dance artist. He's 30, he's single, and he has worked on multiple projects of all kinds without having a full-time job ever in the dance industry. And that's it. Simple old, plain old Jim. Yeah? Freelance artist, 30, super passionate, super committed wants to do better, always finding out how to do so. And every single day I wake up in the morning, apart from my family, whom I truly love and I dance for, it's Jim, my avatar, that I will commit all of my work to because he is my purpose. It's one simple guy that I channel all my passion, all my purpose through. So I encourage you, hopefully with this episode, go ahead and build your avatar. And when you've done so, reach out to me, share with me how that avatar looks like, what that person's name is, and how you are channeling all of your passion and all of your abilities through that entity. And ultimately, an avatar, as I said at the start, is just a conscious extension of yourself. So that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. Do this exercise, ask yourself those questions, and then build your avatar And let me know because I'll be super curious to also hear from your end what that avatar is. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate your time. Have a great week ahead. Have a great month ahead. And stay tuned for next week's episode that concludes the month of dance wellness featuring Vincent Young from Singapore about movement analysis and somatic dance practices. Take care and I'll see you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe, comment, and leave a review on your designated podcast and social media platforms. If you found this interesting or helpful, feel free to share with members of your community so that they too may connect with us in our quest to foreground dance in the background. I'm Jason Yup of The Background Dancer, and as always, catch you next time. Oh,
If you're listening to this, you are most definitely a dance enthusiast, maybe even one for dance science. Well, why not join the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science, or IADMS for short, and become part of a global community dedicated to supporting dancers and performers worldwide. With active members from over 50 countries, including experts in dance, medicine, and science, IADMS provides a diverse network of support and resources. As a member, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits such as discounts to year-round events, their vast collection of e-learning opportunities, and a subscription to the Journal of Dance Medicine and Science, amongst other incredible and unique offers. Join the mission for better outcomes and apply for an iAdams membership today. Click the link in the descriptions below for more info.